This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Just starting to believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Um, we thought we'd all get together as a bit of an off-season podcast. Um chat about all things that's been going on over the last few weeks. As ever with QPR, there's tons of stuff to go through. Um, so I thought we'd get together and have a little chat, really, see what everyone's views are. We're joined today by Jack. How are you, mate? Back? Yeah, good to see you guys. Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having us back on. Um, so a fair bit to go through, and there's some stuff happened. So nice to sort of chat about the R's with you boys. Well, you got some stats for us today. As always. <laughs> Lovely. We've got the R's, Ollie. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. You? Yes, very well, thank you. And then we've got the usual suspect, Duncan. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. I've been enjoying the sunshine today, so I'm in a good mood. It's hot today, isn't it? It's lovely. You're oh. always wearing QPR attire. Like, is that like a? Do you just get it out ironed for the podcast, well, or do you just? I like, like to, I like to get it out for the podcast to make myself look more professional. But also, I was doing the school run this afternoon, so I thought I'd wear it up there and just like see if any other Rs fans are about. But no one was there today. <laughs> well, you didn't get any URs from like. You didn't get any URs though. No, I gave one the other day, and I think I scared the kids. So. Really, you're shouting at a kid. <laughs> well, he's like a teenager. Just drove past him, and he was wearing the black and gold kit. And I was like, "You out of the car window." And he was like, "Ooh!" <laughs> I don't think he was expecting anything to anyone to shout at him. So. If you listen to the podcast, I apologise. It was me. <laughs> I saw someone the other day wearing the pink kit, right, and the orange kit. So the dad, the dad was walking down the beach, right. I know, not not at the same time. Sorry, let me explain that better. We had there was two kids, and one had the orange kit, and one had the pink kit. And I just thought, like, that's not two, <laughs> two of the most random away kits ever. And he's got his two kids to wear, like as I said, the pink one. The boy was wearing the pink one, and the girl was wearing the orange one. Not that that matters, but I just thought that was funny. But right, let's get stuck in then. Um, so we've got a new manager, took a bit of time, Michael Beale. Um, fairly, it feels like everyone's fairly happy um, and he seems like he's got a real good pedigree in the game. Um, 
comes with you know a good seems like he comes with a good attitude a good work ethic and he seems like he's got some contacts in the game already which we're all, looks like we're already seeing um so all systems go really i mean dunk what was your what was your initial views um i mean like i'm not gonna pretend i knew much about him in the grand scheme of like other managers that we've been linked to um obviously he, he was no one we'd mentioned previously when we were talking about possible options but like you said, from everything I've read, what other people have said, like um, players and stuff and other coaches, like I think he's going to be someone on, on the training ground who's going to be getting the team set up and playing in a certain way. And I think that's what we need on some levels. I feel like we, we don't, like for me, I felt we were never defensively organised. So hopefully he can come in and sort that element of it out. But I mean, like you said, we've got to give him a chance out me to see how it goes. Like, there wasn't many other options out there. So as much as it's a gamble, but every managerial appointment is, I think it's one that could work well. And now in a minute, I'm looking forward to the start of the season. Yeah, I mean, is there anything in that head coach? You know, the change, the change of title. Uh, I saw Les Ferdinand say that it's just name only. There's nothing duties-wise. He'll do the same as Mike Warburton. I feel like there's probably more, more, more in that. I'm not sure. Does that go back to like the fact that he's going to be more a head coach? He's going to be a coach always on the training pitch with the team. Whereas was Warburton kind of more a manager, was doing office stuff and having other people taking the training, and he was just overseeing it all as like a. Do you know what I mean? Like a lot of managers don't take training sessions. The coaches do, don't they? And they're not as hands on. So maybe that's why they've chosen to word it like that. Jack, what would you what you recommend? Well, similar to Duncan, really. I didn't know an awful lot about him beforehand, other than that he was Gerard's assistant at Rangers and obviously at Villa. But again, like everyone, when his name appeared on the bookies list and he got heavily backed to listen to all the podcasts, the YouTube interviews he's done where he's talking about philosophies and styles of play. And he like it he seems like an ideal fit for what the board have been trying to promote, you know, in terms of developing players, bringing, you know, players in and developing them up. Um, I think no manager experience is a risk. It's an obvious risk, an obvious thing to say. And a QPR job, the QPR job is not particularly easy. Do you, do you, are you going to get a lot of time? There's expectations up above. There's expectations, you know, the fans. Um, so it's a tricky one to come into. I think the club are probably hoping his like deep-rooted connections with Liverpool might, you know, yield a couple of loan signings. The same with Villa and Gerard. Apparently, there was an article saying that he, we, he could get first dibs for the Villa players off Gerard. Love someone like Cameron Archer to come in, ideal profile striker-wise. But yeah, no, I think if we could do what Lampard did at Derby, where he gets those three or three key loan signings and it transforms the team, maybe that could be good. Um, but ideally, has it also has he been brought in to bring players through? Do does bringing in other clubs youngsters, you know, block the pathway, you know, for for our boys if they are any good enough to come through? But overall, I think it's quite exciting. He needed a fresh start by the by all reports with Warburton. Um, but yeah, I'm keen to see how we set up as well under Bill because no one really knows, do they? Ollie, what is what do you think um, he, he needs to do to be? A success, or is there anything different that he needs to do as Warburton? Like, you know, because Warburton did great, but there were certainly some aspects of what he didn't do, or, or that that 
caused his downfall. Is what do you? How do you think Bill gets off the ground running? I think he has to use the players that we do have to their best abilities in terms of where they play. Because I felt like a lot of last season, you know, we talk about no plan B. Warburton. I think for me, if he can say to, for example, Chris Whitbright, you're going to be here, you're going to be playing here, we want you there, we're not going to be switching you around. You know, there's versatility and then there's having an identity, which I think we did lack last season. There are a lot of times where we didn't really know what we were doing because we'd one week we'd be playing quick, hasty football, the next we'd be playing long ball. And I for me, for him to be a success, which I, I think he will, I think it's a great appointment. I think he has to straight away come in and say, look, this is how I want to play. This is how we're going to set up and, and give each individual a job. Because this season is, is completely different because it's going to be five subs. And it's not going to be about, you know, getting to 70 minutes and then, you know, slows down a bit. You're going to have to be on the ball a lot longer than you would have if it was free. Because, you know, the teams that are coming down like Watford, Norwich, not as much Burnley, Middlesbrough, for example, they're up in there. They're going to have squad depth beyond normal measures. So we're going to have to have an identity that can last 90 minutes rather than have 70 minutes and then be under the cosh for 20. Or um, for a bit about what he, how he played when he was his under-23s coach, manager, and how previous teams like Rangers and sort of Villa set up. And it was very much 4-3-3 um, with wingers and... and, and, and um, and not as defensive minded. Um, do we have the players for that? Do we? Where do we? Where, where do we? What do we need to sort of? Play? Where are the gaps? I guess if that's how we're going to play it. Fullback. Yeah. yeah. That's well, an issue, think, isn't it? No matter what formation we play, we need fullbacks with engines and pace. Because like the modern game, that's the way it's going. You like. Fullbacks are becoming just as important as wingers used to be back in the day when it was four four two. So I feel like we need oh. to have people who can get up and down, up and down for the whole ninety minutes. Yeah, I think that's also why our strikers actually struggled a lot last season because with the injuries and everything that happens, we kind of lost our identity mid season and struggled to create chances, and we never really recovered that. And as you spot on, a first choice left back and a first choice right back, ideally with pace, or at least one of them that can really cross a ball, because we've not had you know a left back that could cross him, man him, and he wasn't really a left back, you know, and that was really key for Hugo and Wells, you know, having that sort of service from one side. If we can sort of get another fullback that can really cross, and then uh, you know with pace, ideally that would be superb for us, um, because judge, you're right, judging by how Villa and Rangers have played. Fullbacks are absolutely key to the system. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I was just going to say, I think you know, if we have two good fullbacks who are in a much better position, for me, it's going to be controversial, but I would personally get rid of Dykes and, and, and invest in a striker because we, you know, we talk about giving him chances. Yeah, he's had a lot of chances. Yeah, he scored 12 goals the other season, but he is, I, I saw a I think it's Neil Warnock saying about Dominic Calvert-Lewin. He's the type of striker that needs that needs all the work done for him. He can't create his own chances, and that's for me very similar to Dykes. You know, I think we need a striker. I think we need fullbacks. And for me, if we're going to be playing the four-three-three, one of the important things that we need is an attacking midfielder. Uh, sorry, attacking midfielder, uh, another winger, because I think Chair taps in nicely in attacking mid. I don't think he's going to be great on the wing in a 4-3-3 so if we can get some pace on the flanks both right back left back and either the wings I think we could do really well I, I, I really do yeah 
be nice to play with wingers. We haven't done that for a long time, have we? It doesn't feel like we've had that natural width, that the width has come from Wallace, like, you know, or Adoma, 36, 37 years. It'd be nice to just have that. If, you know, we've been crying out all, all year for some pace. I think that was one reason why we lost as, as many games as we did last season, because we just couldn't handle the pace. Um, there were so many games last season where a pacey couple of forwards and we were just completely done. I remember Millwall away. And they brought on this young lad. I don't know how old he was, like 18. 18, wasn't he? Yeah. He was lightning and he absolutely killed us. He killed us. You know, we couldn't deal with him. And there's, there's been other games like that. But well, you, um, you mentioned Adoma and there's talk about him signing another deal, isn't there? Do you think he's going to be deployed more as a, you know, an impact winger to come on further up the field? Get I think so. Yeah. I think his 20 I minutes. I think his right back right days back. are over. I think his right back yeah. days are over. But I think it will also bring some experience that we're really lacking and we need someone in that dressing room. Um, and he, he just adds to that, doesn't he? I'm sure we'll sign a couple of players, but we've lost a lot of experience, haven't we? In in, in Dogball, yeah. Barbe, um, Wallace. Charlie. Charlie, yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think like with Adoma, I feel like if, if 20 minutes to go in a game, either we need a goal or we need to try and settle the game down and protect the league we've got. It's that experience for both elements, isn't it? Because is at the minute, he probably is our best cross of the ball, even though oh. he's like 36. <laughs> like, I love so, player. Yeah, probably. And yeah, it's just I mean, like, we need, need that, don't we? Sorry, we need that kind of experience for the last 20 minutes of games. Like you said, with the five subs coming in, gives us that bit more flexibility if we need it. So, could be an option for that. But I don't think he's going to be much more than a squad player. Yeah, and I think since he's joined the club, only Willock and Chair have got more assists than Adoma, and Adoma's got about 10, 10 or 11, something like that. And I think even as a squad player, you say the experience he brings and, you know, his obvious ability he's still got, even if he lacks a bit of pace, I think he's, you know, useful. And that's what we need, as, as Ollie says about the subs, you know, we need all those subs you can bring on, why not have someone like Adoma just there nestled in on the bench? I was, I was chatting to someone, uh, a friend the other day, I haven't spoken to him since like, I don't know, February, March time. He's like, what happened? What happened? He was like, you was because at that time I was telling him that Warburton could he was walk on water and I was saying the dome is like 36, but he's like 21. And I was telling him all these things. And um and uh <laughs> and obviously one of the, I was just saying one of the things I was saying it was about a dome and how good he was, but he just he just declined so rapidly, didn't he? <laughs> from from February, late February. I, I just again not just him, there was a number of players, but he was doing so well, wasn't he? And then I remember Coventry away, he was just brilliant. And then, yeah, it's a shame. A shame. But I think he deserves another contract, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. What would you do with Bon? Because I know, I, I'm not sure I would, if I agree, I'd sell Dyke. But Bon, I would look to to move on, try and make weight for someone else. If you're trying to go for a strike and down the lower leagues, use Bon as a make weight, maybe, because I don't think Ipswich want him. So, <laughs> yeah, sorry, earlier suggested that. You know, you see, uh, is it whole bids three million quid box wine? As a couple of tweets earlier saying, why don't we sim someone similar to wine? You know, he scored goals last season for Ipswich. Whether he did go twenty games without one or not, he still got double figures. So, I mean, if you could offer Bond and some money in a deal, I think we could potentially use that to our advantage because he's still only what 26, 27? I think Bill's going to have a look at everyone. I see Nico's been called back from Brazil. I think what he'll probably do is blank canvas. Let's have a look at everybody. Um, there's a player in Bond. I've always said it, but he just... I've, I, there's just I, whether we can get out of him, whether he's championship level, I don't know. But 
there's something in there. Um, but I, I guess it just seems whether he suits the style of play because on Dykes, I'm not sure he's does he suit a 4 3 3? I don't know. I don't know. The way the thing is, it depends, doesn't it, on how what, what the actual tactics are with it. If it's getting balls into the box, that's what Dykes has been craving, which we've not done. Yeah. But if it's chair on the wing, we all know he's going to cut in, cut out, do a couple of tricks. And by the time he's done that, there's six defenders back anyway. Like he needs to be yeah. playing centrally and we need wingers that are going to want to whip a ball in like first time or have fullbacks from deep whipping balls in. Yeah. And for Scotland, he plays in a two. And when his best form of the QPR was in a two with Austin. So yeah. I think you're right. Is, is he... We haven't seen the best of him maybe as the lone striker down the middle, but it depends how narrow those, if it is two roaming tens, you know, under Bill, cutting in with the fullbacks going out around, around the sides, maybe having all these players around him could, you know, he could flourish. But yeah, make or break season for him, I think. It would be really interesting what he does with Chair and Willett because they're not natural wingers, neither of them. Um, and like you say, if he does play two number tens, which is fine, but that's very similar to... Uh, I don't know if that does that work in a four three three like you, do you know what I mean like if it more fits a five at a three five that that's more that's why Warburton played that formation so much so he could fit them both in as a number ten and, yeah. and, and have them roaming around with the three rolls because he has such they had protection in a four three three you don't get that as much I don't think but it'd be interesting to see because you've got to play them haven't you? I wonder if putting Willock up top. Because he did look quite good up top when he played in maybe one or two games this season. I wonder whether he'll try that and see whether that's something that's possible because that saves him having to pay more for a second second striker. It's worth a go, you never know. We need. I think we need two strikers, if not three, personally. Um, I mean, and we need one with just pure out-and-out -out pace. <laughs> I know we keep mentioning it, but we can... You know, there's so many times last season we could have got in behind, couldn't we? And we just can't, we just couldn't do it. And it just, you know, when we were against the cosh, if you could just knock it down the wing, you know, you've got someone who can get on the end of it. It's defenders trying to think about, isn't it? Something different yeah. from just a big target man that's backing in or, you know, or just trying to like come short. Definitely. I think it's the sort of profile we really need. And maybe we, that's where the low market comes into play. We get a less experienced striker, but he's got the physical attributes to sort of use that way. So, first signing, look, I was hoping that it would be done today so we could chat about it, or at least it can be breaking while we're on, but so far, nothing. But it looks like it's done. So, Jake Slater-Clark, um, Slater-Clark, well, what do we reckon? Well, it's just a basic, like, straight, straight um, replacement for Barbie, isn't it? Left-sided centre-back, basically. And, well, I mean, I, I love Barbie, but, like, from what I saw of him last year in the Championship, he's not a bad player. So, like, it's another option. And, like, a lot of managers like to have that left-sided centre-back, don't they, for the balance. So, it could be a shrewd bit of business. It doesn't cost us anything, really, apart from wages. So, I think it's a good signing. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. I think, I think you know, when, when it comes to replacing Barbe, we've kind of got, you know, a carbon copy of Barbe, just five years younger. Um you know, 24 years old, 29 games for Coventry last season. So, you know, their, their fans are, are furious and, and, and complain. We offered them, you know, 100 grand a week. Playing it. But, um, yeah, I think, to be honest, I think it's a great signing. I, I'm not going to sit here and say he's going to be world-class, he's going to be a skill we at, but he's a 24-year-old and a free. He, he's rated highly by 
a lot of championship fans. So not only is it good for potentially, you know, a promotion charge, too early to talk about that, but also return the investment as well. He's going to be, you know, if he does well, he's going to turn into a player worth a couple of million. So I think it's a smart investment. Yeah, let's just hope he's not on free kicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just on like on, on him as well, I think commentary fans seem pretty gutted they didn't sign him, despite his sort of missing a few games last season through injury. But you say profile-wise, he's still in the Barbe void. I mean, I'm not sure I would have... I mean, we don't know the financials of the Barbe situation, what was offered, what was, you know, what he would deem acceptable. But I maybe I would have, I would have kept him, but if it finances weren't right then that's why they've gone that way but um Clark sort of when he did play he averaged um more tackles per game than any of the QPR centre-backs did in the season um and when you sort of stack him up against the other main four so including Davies he ranked you know second for duels one per game and aerial duels one per game so defensively I think he can definitely add add something to the team and certainly fill a fill a gap that's you know if, if the young left-sided centre-back in the ch- with championship experiences, you know, I think it's a smart acquisition. On on, um, on Barbe, I don't know. This is you know up for debate, but I'm, I don't know if anyone else on here is with me. But I'm, I, I wasn't too disappointed that we didn't. He didn't stay. I would have if he did. It would have been great. But I, you know, I wasn't gutted that he didn't stay personally. Um, I just think it's a. We, it looks like we're going to play a four, and I'm not too sure how good he is in a four from his from watching him historically in a four. That's not to say he won't, you know, he'll be like that in a different under a different manager. But I didn't feel like it suited him. I feel like a three at the back five suited him more. Out, um, but I just I don't, I don't know. I just didn't. I wasn't that gutted. We offered him a new contract, new deal. I, don't, I know we, it sounds like we didn't break the bank for him, but I don't, I don't know what everyone else's views was. Anyone else sort of desperate for him to sign? I think, I think for me it was the the it, for me never never seems to get injured. He's reliable. He's always yeah. there. Someone that's that you know if you need him, he'll be on the pitch jumping into tackles. For me, I, you know, this is again controversial from a lot of point of view. I would probably have been more gutted if we got rid of Geordie than Barbe because I think Barbe is a lot easier replaceable because I think. Actually, despite Jordi being injury prone, he's had a brilliant season over in um, uh, where was he? Um, where was he? I can't remember. Was it Germany? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah their fans really like him. I think he offers something that none of our other centre backs do. He's a really physical. He's very good in the air. I think for me, Barbe, Barbe was someone who plays in the five of the back because he's got the pace around him from like to done and. Uh, I, I just think he he was going to go. I think we kind of knew he was going to go in January. You know, rumours have been going to France. But yeah, I'm, I'm gutted for him that he's left. But I think the right decision was made. Obviously, the team he's gone to and have been demoted down another yeah. league. He hasn't signed for them. Do you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see him if, if Morburton goes to Birmingham, which is rumoured today. I've seen, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he ended up there. Yeah, um, because he hasn't signed, does he? It was all it was all apparently done and dusted a week ago, and yeah. a week or two ago, and he's not heard anything. So I wonder whether. Yeah, but um, aren't Bordeaux in a little bit of a pickle yeah. in the French? That's what I mean, though, aren't they? Yeah. So it might have been a oh yeah, come play for us. We've just been relegated, but you can get promoted again. And then actually they're now in a bit of bother, aren't they? Aren't they being potentially put down to 
yeah, for, like level uh, three or whatever. Yeah. Division three, yeah. I think so, it, I think it's a smart point about Barbe. Like in terms of could he really play in a flat back four? Um, I, under a different manager, I would have been quite curious to see yeah. if if he could have pulled it off and had he improved in the time he was at QPR to be able to come back and right those wrongs in the early days under Warburton where he was you know pretty bad. But you know, since he joined QPR to the end of this season, he had the third most interceptions of any player in the league. So he did make a lot of telling contributions defensively, despite some of his you know failings at times. But yeah, I, let's see how Clark Salter does because you know he could just be the ideal replacement. What, what I've got to say is with like Clark Salter signing, you wouldn't imagine he's coming to play on the bench. And if we're, we're saying that Beal is going to play a back four, who's he going to be partnered with? Because Jimmy Dunn was sensational, and obviously the club think very highly of Dicky. So who's not going to be starting each week? That's oh, good think... for me. Good for me. It's what you want, isn't it? You want four centre backs who no, you don't know who's going to play, and it's up to them to fight it out, you know, and 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 want to be on the pitch and 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 you know perform. Because I feel that's I feel like sometimes last season the back three picked itself every week, which is a good thing. But sometimes it isn't a good thing because you know you, you want people fighting. Do you know what I mean? Unless, they, yeah. unless one of them has been sold, like we don't know well, about Dickie. Yeah, they're yeah. expecting Dickie to go or something or device to get sold and they needed that extra body. But yeah, you're right. I mean, how does how do you fit them all in without playing three at the back? And the, like, It's just trying to keep the balance. So I understand what you're saying, Ben, about competition for places. But if you've got, say, it's Dunn and um, Clark Salter as a back two, as two choices... Dickie's then next in line. Device is just going to be sitting on the bench, like going, like not even on the bench, potentially getting more and more frustrated. Will Dickie, who was touted again to be a Premier League defender, be frustrated at not starting? Is it going to then unsettle the squad a bit and cause friction? Well, because players, the players gonna... are unhappy, aren't they, with um, not getting enough game time? Whether Jordan's going to get a pre-season, full pre-season in him, he comes through that comes through the friendlies and is ready to go. I just wonder whether that will help, like sway our mind to keep him maybe because he's a good defender, isn't he, Jordy? Yeah. Like, he is a good defender. He'd yeah, be he good to have... signed because statistically his numbers are just like pretty off the charts yeah. with a lot of the stuff. He's he ranks you know top against a lot of stuff against the other QPR center arse, but we all know his main issue. You know, he can't stay fit. Right. Yeah. I, I actually think yeah, going back to your point about he wouldn't join to be on the bench, I actually don't think Dickie Dunn or Clark Salter would be at the club still if they were told that they were going to be one of them was going to be on the bench this season. Which, but I think Jordy wouldn't mind. He knows he's more of a squad player, so I, I, well, I don't think Dunn will go. I think Dickie will be gone. Come, come, before the starts. But I don't think he would have bought him in unless there was some sort of hint he might be off. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. 
there's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. I don't think Dunn will leave because I think Dunn had a great season for us. He, he enjoys it here. He's, you know, it's a really breakthrough season for him because he's only been at Burnley as, you know, one appearance. So I think Clark Sartre was probably brought in because Dickie's on his way out. Yeah, I mean, other rumoured players is, is Cox on the left. He's a player we've been after for a while, isn't it? Um, again, not seen too much of him. I've seen some clips of him. He looks like he's got a left peg on him. He looks like he's got a bit of an engine on him. Um, but it looks like, or it seems like we're going to be ramping up that interest. It'd be good to get a left back in, wouldn't it? That's, that's one of priority is a decent left back, isn't it? I think. When was last time had a decent left back? Wow. No, it's a great point. I'm thinking, I think that's like Gino Padula and stuff like. I don't know, is, it, is there been someone before then? Tayu Tayu. <laughs> we just can't find a decent left back, can we? Who else has there been? Neymar Asuakoto was not decent. Oh, God, no. yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still think Yun was the best left back we've had in, in years. I think he was <laughs> deep. Yun, yeah, he was, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And Cox, yeah. Cox is interesting because he's quite. You know, he's definitely got some attacking instincts. You know, chips in with 10 goals in the three seasons he was playing right, in, okay. in Holland, which was like, you know, their second or third most at Fortuna Sittard. Even assisted um, Seb Poulter during his time there. So there's a QPR link right away. Yeah, so, there you go. You know, <laughs> he's an interesting one. It would definitely solve the need, I think. And they've been after him for a while. Do you remember, was it last season they would need yeah. him? Yeah. Well, he's yeah. out of contract next year, isn't he? It's the last season. So it's typical QPR to go in now and, you know, yeah. pet, try and... Nab him early, early doors. Yeah. But yeah, it's good. We've got Parrot from Spurs. Not interesting. A bit of pace, but yeah, he doesn't he doesn't you know wet the lips, does he? I mean, wasn't he on loan at MK Dons last year? Yeah. He, was in, he was in League One, wasn't he? He didn't tear that tear up League One. So like what's, him, what's he gonna what's he gonna do in the championship though? He got sixteen goals, sixteen goal involvements in forty seven games, playing as a, pretty much as a number ten. Yeah. So it's not bad, like, but it was a development season for him. So championships a step up, but our links with Spurs, maybe we're at the front of the queue. Oh, if he's available, it's difficult, isn't it? Because obviously he was added to spell at Millwall as well, didn't he? And didn't play for yeah. them at all. They didn't like, deem him good enough with the other options they had. So I don't know. I he's mean, gone up if... a level this year, but yeah, you're right. Is he ready for? I feel like we we desperate desperate need of someone who's going to get 15 to 20 goals and I just oh. don't see it being him no like we've got someone like Dykes who will get 10 maybe 12 but we need someone who's going to push on and get that extra five seven goals to really Mackie, make us still got anything in him no, online no. I mean you know QPR fans love an old player don't they like mm. you know we all love it but, but, you know we all love someone who's been done well at the club but we scored three goals last season or something. Bristol City fans saying that he... Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe a fourth... Oh, I don't, it'd be quite expensive, wouldn't it, his wages? I don't know. Yeah, he'd done a lot of money, so I don't yeah. think you're in a position to swallow wages like Watford did for Gray for us. No. You see Gray's think... going to Preston, isn't he? Or that's what I yeah. saw yesterday. Yeah, he's... He, I mean, his goal stats I and mean, his record was decent, but I just didn't think he did enough, like, in the games, like, other than... Well, pull it in the net is very important, but in the system, he didn't join the play up, and that's quite important, I think, for it all to be quite fluid. But I don't know, on a free transfer, on much lower wages, he's proven goal scorer. Yeah, I mean, that was one of Warburton, in my opinion, one of Warburton's you know, downfalls, just playing Dykes too much and not looking yeah. at Gray enough and putting him in. 
Um, but yeah, I think Cameron Arch was my one that I want the most. I think he, oh, though, mate, you've got no well, chance, mate. You got he it, just keeps scoring, for, doesn't he, for the other twenty-one? So he just yeah. he just goes up every time he got it scores. Um, yeah, although that striker parrot gives me really strong Jack Clark vibes, and I'm not over. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, yeah, you're right, mate. I don't know. I don't know. It's just tough, isn't it? Because we need a striker, don't we? We need, you know, if you look at all the clubs that went up or were up there last season, they all had a top striker, didn't they, who, who was scoring goals. And that was one of the things we missed. We said it mid-season, didn't we? We needed Austin or Dykes or Gray to really kick on. And they and they went backwards. And that was pretty tough to do at that point, wasn't it? <laughs> Neither of them was banging in the goals. What's the other one? Will Vokes, I've got here written down. Bit of experience. Yeah, I mean, this again, five sub rule, isn't it? it? You know, any championship experience to have on the bench would be vital. You know, he might be a bit of a mere average championship player. A lot of their fans saying that he's league one at best, but he's got a lot of championship experience on the bench in the, you know, 80th minute when he needs to make that fifth sub to keep the fre- keep it fresh. I'd, you know, why not? He's, he's got the experience, hasn't he? He's very much in the Don Ball profile centre mids isn't he he's like all action wholehearted reading the same descriptions about him and you think oh, this sounds like Don Ball and obviously has a long range shot on him um, I think he's one of his best or most sought after attributes is that he's got a really really long throw and it was used a lot at Rotherham a lot of Cardiff and I mean it's an option as you say someone that come off the bench has something like that it's you know you're chasing a game it's quite handy but I think we still have quite a few centre mids on the books so yeah, are, are we going to loan out people? Is Dizel going to go out and loan? I wouldn't have thought so. So there's already four, isn't there? First teamers: Amos, Field, Johansson, Dizel. Yeah. So no, he's a good championship player. Like you know, as you say, but does he want to come to sit on our bench? It's another one like that because he's doing the same at Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. There's still, there's still a lot of stuff to sort out at QPR. I don't know about anyone else, i.e., his coaching team or staff. The current coaching team and staff that are there, what's going on with Eustace, Banfield, um, the friendlies? I don't, have, we've already announced two, haven't we? I don't, is, it, is it normal for them to take this long? Or was it, I was thinking about it yesterday. Yeah. Um, wonder if he's waiting to see if Eustace will join Warbs wherever he goes. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, they, they were saying that obviously Birmingham are after Warburton, so Eustace and Banfield would probably join them, wouldn't they? But I'm surprised we haven't heard on, on Beal's coaching stuff yet. Yeah. What well, um so with Diag, is there any or is there any worry that any of these players are gonna leave? I guess that's a real worry for me is players like the core, like Diag, um Dunn, you got Dickie, I know, but he's um, you know, Chair Willock. Is is anyone worried about losing any of them? I think it's good. It's good for the club, though, isn't it? To, this, we need to be, need to be doing this. You know, we probably pushed the boat out wages wise last season, and I think we've got to rein it back in a bit potentially. And if we can shift, I, I'd only want to sell. You know, maybe one of them for like you know, there's a couple. It's out of Dieng, isn't it? Dieng, Dicky, Chair, Willock, one of those maybe for a bit of money and just reset the books a little bit if that's what's needed. But I'm not worried. But I think we need to sell one just to give ourselves a bit of money to play with in the replenishing the squad as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think for personally, I think our most strongest area is probably centre back. So if we were to let somebody go, like if we were to lose Dicky and get some money in for him to balance the books, 
I don't feel like it's the one that we'd miss the most. I feel if we were to sell a chair or a Willick, I think that would really impact the team going forward. And I think they're the ones we've got to build our team around more so yeah. than, say, a Dickey. We, I was thinking about Borough. I was listening, reading some Borough stuff, and they've sold that Spence, haven't they? And, and, and their side, they're still also looking to sell, a, is it Tavanagh as well? So for like 30 million for the two of them. That's a lot of money, isn't it, to, to, to reinvest in the squad? Um, not saying that we should do that, but what my point is, is that a big like 10, 15 million is, is a lot, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, we sold Eze for 19. You know, we, I don't feel like we, in, tra- in terms of transfers, I don't feel like we spent a lot of that. It seems to have a lot of it gone on. It comes, it comes yearly, doesn't it? It's not like a one off payment, yeah. I don't think. I think it's just like a yearly few million. Next- I think. Keeps yeah. the club afloat, doesn't it? Yeah, almost in summer, sort on the. Yeah, I feel like um, like chair could be the one, like a cheeky little foreign club coming in with an offer for him. I don't know why, you know, like a Turkish club or, or I don't know, like a. Do you not see a top end championship one ones that's just come down like a Burnley or a Watford or not saying stylistically, but we don't know under company. Maybe Burnley would play that way, but. You know, one with a lot of money to spend, they need a squad player. You know, much like Bournemouth in January, where they just raided championship teams for like their best players. I think Chair could. I don't think Chair would get a Premier League move personally yet. I think Willock's maybe a little bit more likely. But if if you had to look at them attributes wise, but yeah, I, I think you know maybe could you at risk at losing them to a, a championship club with parachute payments still. Watford were interested in January as well, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah. Because whether they'll have the money or they'd, they'd, they'd not risk it, but all, well, I mean, how much would we want for chair? I don't well, know. It's all... hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah, it's so difficult. What, you know, anything over 10 would be amazing, but that's 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 a fan who knows how good he is or yeah. shooting up a bit. We don't know, it might be something like eight million. You know, you know, it's difficult, it's whatever they want to pay. And if there's more than one team in for it, that's the ideal thing with the Eze thing. I know maybe we hope we'd get more for him, but we had. Was it several clubs, West Brom trying to pip it at the last minute and Newcastle were interested in and it kind of created a bit of a bidding situation, maybe, but yeah. Yeah. Would would you keep Moses? I've got Moses written down. I don't know what he's doing. Yeah. Is he another one? I feel like he could be another one who's waiting for Warburton to see where he where he lies or where he falls. If he falls somewhere soon, he could be pushed over. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like he'd follow him. I feel like if you keep Moses, you would you do a Kakai? Like, I think is Moses going to be our first choice right back with his injury record, or do you, you know, keep him and Kakai and you're like, okay, we're going all in on the left back to balance this up a bit? I think with Moses, he would offer more on the bench. It's a Kakai. But I know Kakai gets a lot of uh, stick. I think that's more because that geezer on Twitter that thinks he's the next coming of bloody Harvard Hell, for God's sake. But, um, I think for me, if 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 we could put keep Moses as a as a as a, a bench player that a backup for a new right back, and I'd like to see Kakai go to League One on loan just to see whether or not we are wasting our time with him. But I've, I've you know every he scored the goal last season, didn't he? I can't remember who it was against, but you know he looks like he's really happy when he's on the pitch. I would like to see him get a chance, but after a loan somewhere like League One. <laughs> Not sure he's good enough personally. The person, nothing against him. He tries hard. He's a good lad, and, and he come. You know, it's always that coming through the youth. You want to give them a bit more time, which we. I feel like we've done as a club. Um, I'm just not sure. I feel like he deserves more than being third choice. 
right back as in he could move on, like you say, either on loan or we could try and cash in. And he's an experienced championship player defender now. We could get yeah. some nominal fee for him, couldn't we? But Furlong, also, isn't he? Furlong, we let go. Oh. And... Right no, but I think like, with Furlong, we all knew he had a bit more potential about him. I don't think... I think like, Kaká and Moses are both kind of number two right-backs. Like, if we kept them both, we not haven't... What, neither of them, would you say, is the standout for being our starting right-back. They both have attributes, but they both are unreliable and have that mistake in them. And I feel like we almost need to, like balance it the squad so we have a decent right back and a decent left back yeah he, to be fair he had a good spell didn't he when fans were at the ground when Todd Kay mm. was still on the back he had a good little spell when he came in so maybe it was that that unbalanced his you never know I think uh, well, look, that's the same with Dickie you know Dickie was excellent when there was no crowd wasn't he Do you remember but now there's a crowd he just seems to I don't know what it is whether he's a bit more nervous he does look a bit nervous do you know what I mean sometimes yeah um, Sometimes it feels like the ball's a bit of a hot, like hot potato, or he always takes that heavy touch, doesn't he? He's always known to that heavy touch that, that pushes him out. Um, but Jack, what do you think, mate? What on Kakai? Yeah. Um, I think I, th- I actually agree with Ollie. I think it, the, the loan. I think yeah. he needs a loan um, because you're right. I'd, I'd personally rather. If Moses is available and cheaper than last season, owing to his injury record, it's a no-brainer to get him in on a free if he's available. And then maybe if there's still budget to get a better right back, or maybe loan in a Premier League right back, you know, from a Villa or someone like that that can, you know, do a Carl Walker, so to speak. Um, when we had him, but you know, chances of that we don't know. But no, I think I like Kaka. I think he tries hard. Um, I mean, Todd Kane had the season of his life. Coventry statistically, but I still think it was the right call to get rid of him. Yeah. Um, but but, but Kakai looked all right in a back three on the right, I thought. He looked okay there, maybe a little bit more natural than he did as a, a wing back. Um, I think as a right back, I think he's solid as a backup, you know, he's useful. And say so he's come through the academy, it's what they're trying to preach and promote. So I don't, he's like kind of their flagship one at the moment, isn't he? I'm not sure they'd, they'd get rid of him. Um, so yeah, maybe that's why we're not going in for Moses. We see Kakai as the backup to whoever they can bring in in front of him. But he's all right. That's yeah. all I think. I think he's all right. I don't think he's anything outstanding, but he's a he's a good squad player now, experience wise. I'd like to see Luke Amos kick on um, mm. next season. Um, he's a good player, isn't he? One that doesn't get forgotten, but it, you know he's someone who, if he goes up another level or you know another step, he could he could be really handy in the championship next season. Could he as a goal scoring midfielder? Because he gets in the box, doesn't he? Yeah, I actually think he's, you know, obviously when we originally came in, we were paying him in a more defensive midfield role, but nice. I, he's better as an attacking mid. Uh, and, you know, I met, I was at Peterborough. Well, not at Peterborough. I was at, at the game against Peterborough. And that was a nice finish. Obviously, the game went completely... That was... What a waste of time going there was. But he scores goals. And, and I actually think that in terms of having a midfielder like him he's quite rare because not only can he finish and he's got got a bit of pace about him but he's quite physical as well which is normally that attacking mids are quite lightweight so yeah I mean he's definitely someone that has the potential he just needs to stay fit yeah I think you're right attacking mid I think is the way to go for him it, I think Warburton used him as one of the pressing tens didn't he and I think yeah. it suited Amos because he could pounce and get him be, you know get in there but 
I actually think he's shown a real aptitude for that run from midfield from deep. A great role, isn't it? And that is a valuable thing as a midfielder. You, to add that to your game is, you know, that's, that's a goldmine potentially. If he can kick on, as you say, it'd be brilliant. You know, get eight to ten goals from midfield. That'd be fantastic for him. Yeah. We could never, he could, Warburton had really struggled to find that midfield partnership that worked all season, didn't he? Um, you know, Johansson, Field, Amos, Dezel, Ball. They're just, they never felt like there was ever a solid two, really, did they? Like Field and Amos. Have, do you know what I mean? Like they, they, we had three of them all in at one point. Um, so it'd be interesting to see what what, what Bill does with, with with this with the options and how he plays them and who's in, who's out. Well, if he's going to play the three, we've got perfect links, haven't we? But either we can have the engines of Field, Dizel and Amos and have that young, energetic midfield that will press. Or if he wants Steph in as an experienced head, get his foot on the ball and slow the tempo down, he's got the option as well, hasn't he? Yeah, so I feel like to really improve, like, doesn't he? Steph needs yeah. to really, really kick on but this season. I feel season. like having a three-man midfield might give him a little bit more time, a bit more space on the ball to dictate play. I feel like sometimes in the two, we were always being overrun in midfield. So whenever he got the ball, he either had no option to pass it or he had somebody pressing him straight away. Yeah, and I think the thing with Johansson, I think Steve McCulloch said that he barely trained since November. You know, he yeah. wasn't he wasn't fit. I think fans got to take, you know, remember that he wasn't fit. And when he was on the field, it, it looked like something was off of him, didn't it? You guys it looked like he was injured, like, like yeah, like and he was. Well, he was. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And I think maybe, you know, he's at his age, a bit of time to, you know, recover fully. I mean, it's not the longest turnaround <laughs> pre-season again, but hopefully he's over the injuries and hit the ground running. And we see the Steph we saw when he first joined because he was he was one of the best midfielders in the league. Yeah. So uh, fingers crossed, he does come back stronger because I think he's on is he on decent wedge, isn't he, compared to the rest, maybe? Yeah. We kind of need his experience as well. We've lost, like I said, lost a lot of experience. And if, yeah. I feel like we kind of need him, really, in that, in that regards, in the dressing room. And, you know, he's not, he's not not captain for no reason, I guess. You know, Warburton's also in him. He must be doing something to be able to warrant that. He's a Norway captain as well. If he's fit, he's still the starter, isn't he, surely? Yeah. If he's fit, well, but he's got yeah. to get fit. Yeah, yeah. A um, couple of things to end there. Which I don't know if anyone's seen training grounds, which is really important, isn't it? I think, um, Ollie, you were saying that players, <laughs> you had a couple of players not wanting to come to us because of our poor training facilities at, at Harlington. Um, but moving to Histon seems like it's going to be a big benefit with the pitches. And and, and, and I think it's next season we officially move there, don't we? As, as in a academy and, and we move into the new proper headquarters, they call it, or... But, um, but that'll be good, won't it? Benefit. Stop the injuries. Yeah, so. There's a reason, isn't there, why we, you know, this. I was, I've got injuries written down, but our injury list last year was atrocious, wasn't it? I mean, what? It was a really contrast, wasn't it, to the year before? We didn't, we didn't yeah. have a lot of teams suffering with COVID that first season, you know, behind closed doors, and we seem to be pretty unharmed by it. But yeah, this year, all the same sort of inch is like hamstring pandemic yeah. the amount of injuries we're getting with soft soft was it soft tissue injuries they call it yeah and a lot of that can be down to dodgy training pitches so you hear like what was it uh sheffield united was saying that they their training pitch was awful they like whoever went in after wilder was like i want it dug up um because they said they were getting so many repetitive injuries of like muscle strains because they were almost running on like a bog 
Yeah. Like so, obviously, having a good training setup is important, and I feel like having once everyone is under that one roof, uh, we're not got like the under 18s here, the under 21s, under 23s here, first team here. If it's all in the same building, all in the same setup, that's only going to breed success in that level, isn't it? Which is what yeah. the, the club want, which is what the board want, is for that academy aspect to be thriving. And that only works when academy players are mixing with first team players and seeing how they train. Yeah, yeah. Like long term of the club, isn't it? It's, they've been wanting to do this for a long time and it's great that it's finally taking shape. And yeah, compared to Harlington, night and day, <laughs> and they, they made that very apparent in the video, didn't they? They did, didn't they? Yeah. <laughs> they said that the players are all in like two, they have to get split up and in two different dressing rooms. <laughs> like, what the hell was that about? That doesn't help, does it? Um, um, pitches look lovely, though. They said you've got unsaw heating and and drainage, which we didn't have at Harlington, so that, that's, that's got to be a benefit for Bill, hasn't it, when he comes in? What about Loftus Road, then? Back? How, yeah. we, how are we feeling? Everyone? Yeah, I mean, it was a great job. Um, I think, despite the fact it was called the Kind Preservation Stadium, I think we all still called it Loftus Road. Um, but I think it was amazing. And it was a great gesture from the club and back to basics now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, they, um, they, did you see the unravelling of it where they just tore it down and, and then they put the, the, the new, <laughs> well, that's quite funny. They just put the new Loftus Road up. Um, but I, I, it's just, I just feel like it's just good to have it. It's Loftus Road, isn't it? You know, that's yeah, just, exactly. You know, that's, that's what makes it feel home. It didn't feel right calling it that, although it was for a great cause, no. and, you know, but it just sometimes it, you, you just, it just didn't feel right when you hear reporters saying, oh, we're going to go off to the, you know, French Foundation Stadium. It just didn't feel right. So it's good to have it have it back, I guess. Yeah. So quickly then to end, what do we, how many signings do you think we're going to need, we're going to make? <laughs> how many are we going to make or how many do we need to make? Um, well, answer that. How many do we need and how many do you think we'll make? I, Six we need. I think we'll get six. Yeah, I'm confident. I think we definitely need fullback on both sides, at least two strikers and at, like at least another pacey winger to give us an option of playing a different, slightly different formation. So yeah, I reckon at least we need five or six, and I'll be happy with four of those. Yeah. Uh, Again, not offering too much of a different opinion now. I think five, five or six. I think strike with pace, absolutely nailed on. If it, if there's one available, if we sell Bond, then I want to see another striker that can actually hold the ball up and win a header. You know, like I'm not saying Dykes, but he's he's kind of like he doesn't. He's quite hit or miss in the air, but he's quite good at running the channels. So he's a slightly strange striker in that regard. He's useful, but I'd rather a more conventional like guy that can win a header, hold the ball up, back in because we haven't had one of those. It's Helgeson, really, um, and that, yeah. that made such a difference to the way the team play. Um, fullbacks with pace, we touched on. I think a winger with pace. I mean, obviously, he's going to have a look at Shadipo, but we know his track record. Yeah, Shadipo. Really I don't know if he's the answer, but it's now or never again for him. He's, he's getting on. 20, <laughs> these players are not youngsters. They're like mid-20s. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it. I think fullback, striker, and you know, if we can get another number 10 in that can offer something different to maybe George Thomas. That'd be that'd be good. Yeah. George Thomas as well. He's a, he needs to kick on as well. Yeah. Um, I, I I honestly think there's going to be a massive turnaround. I think we're going to sign nine, 
nine, eight, nine, ten players. I honestly <laughs> no, do. do. I, mean, I, don't know, I honestly do. I think we will. I honestly do because I feel like we already need. Who are we letting go then? We're letting more go. Well, well, Bill won't fancy everyone, will he? Like that's just natural. A manager won't fancy everybody who's there, right? He won't. So yeah. there'll be players leaving who will need replacing. Yeah, we've lost loan everybody players. in the first window, can he? We've lost loan windows. Loan, you know, three or four loans will come in. I've got no doubt about it. We'll sign two or three frees, we'll, and we'll get a couple in. You know, if we can ten, ten new players, mate. I, I, I think that's what will happen. I'm not saying that's what needed to happen. And I, but I just think the turnaround will be quite epic. I think, and, and to and to play in a completely different way. These players are suited to a to, to a five at the back, aren't they? Three three centre backs. Well, I think the difference now. Bill has a really decent nucleus of a squad, like a good spine. He's got yeah. good players. It's not the most in-depth squad in terms of quality, but there's a good nucleus to build upon. And I think that's why we're sort of saying five or six. But you're right. You, we're not taking into account players that might go still yeah. after we see them train. So it's as you say, it's QPR. Like every like every summer, we sort of turn around nine, ten players. Um, so yeah, I think you might be right. Yeah. All right, lads. Well, look, cheers for joining. Um, we will have another catch up probably in the off season in a few weeks. See how see how we lie. Um, if we get a marquee signing in, we'll have to do one, won't we? Yeah. We will. Yeah. Or, or if we lose a marquee, someone. Yes. Lose someone. Yeah. <laughs> you, you be you be the like negative one. I'll be the positive one. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, cheers for joining, lads. And um, yeah, have a great evening. Speak soon. Yeah. Cheers, lads. Nice yeah. one. Cheers, lads. All right, take Bye. it easy, guys. To believe a little bit. Well, Hoylet's got the better of Buxton. Puts it into an area. Keo Zamora! Unbelievable! From the very brink of elimination, Bobby Zamora has surely scored another playoff winner. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.